Welcome to episode 3 of Sales Excellence Podcast with me, Colly Graham. And with me today is Tom Williams and Tom Sain, authors of the excellent book, The Seller's Challenge. Welcome, Tom and Tom. You're both welcome. There's Tom you, Williams, you've been Managing Director of uh, Strategic Dynamics for a while. You're formerly with Worldwide Sales for Sold High Technology Medical problem, Products and Services through various distribution channels. Uh, you were the CEO of two specialty hospitals and Vice President and General Manager of an Ancillary Service Division. And you off, off, you're also trained with Miller Hyman and their selling. Quite a CV there, Tom. Thank you, Kali. Appreciate it. Yeah. And then you have your partner, Tom Sain, who is a senior consultant with Strategic Dynamics. Uh, Tom's got a PhD in communication from Northwestern University. And he's a former senior executive for Aramac Corporation, uh, which was um, where he was client retention and vice president of sales. Uh, Aramac for, is a customer service business across food facilities and uniforms. And Tom saying, I spent 30 years selling to the hospitality industry, so we have a lot in common there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I I sold, well, my biggest competitor would be a company called Bunzel, or their local competitor. So huh. so you two guys are now with Strategic Dynamics. Uh uh, which is an organization which uh, accelerates revenue generation. So, Tom, Tom, I'm going to call you Tom W and Tom S, which might be easier. That, that works out for me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Connie. Yeah. So, Tom W, you're um, basically what we are calling this country, we call them MD, CEO of Strategic Dynamics, which, is, which you've been with for some time. So tell me a little about the company, Tom. Well, the company is uh, uh, designed to do several things, Kali. One is we do a fair amount of market research analysis, uh, competitive analysis. Uh, we also uh, represent uh, the Miller-Hyman brand of a sales methodology and so uh, offer their program services and consulting work. Uh, we have uh, our own intellectual property now around the Stellar's Challenge, and we also have some intellectual property around um, selling to hospitals. Um, as a former hospital CEO, uh, one of the things I've noticed is that uh, many of the sellers uh, worldwide don't really understand the function and operation of a hospital. Uh, and so we've developed a proprietary group of intellectual property uh, to help them do that. And in addition to that, you know, we also offer the uh, behavioral assessment tools like the DISC profile. Right, yes. That's a little bit about our companies, Kali. So then, Tom S., uh, Tom W. got you on board then, Tom. I'm sorry, say that again? Yeah, I say, yeah. So Tom Williams recruited you on board, Tom. How did that come about? Well, actually, uh, we live about three miles apart. And uh, we have spent a lot of time in training programs together and getting certified through Miller-Hyman and representing them and 
going to meetings and uh, uh, staying up to uh, standards on on uh, their products and services. So as we did that, we just began talking. And it seemed like a natural combination. Tom was uh, trying to move the company along, and uh, I was looking for someone who could have some inroads that we could uh, capitalize on. Uh, I like to uh, uh, try different things. He was uh, sending out blogs about once a week, and we kind of put our heads together, made it a little easier on each other, and had kind of a unified approach to the market. And as we were doing that, um, we kind of found that, that we had written quite a bit on the various issues facing sellers. So that, that was kind of our beginning uh, connection with each other is uh, it, it makes uh, getting together for meetings and discussions of the book and the next book pretty easy when you're only about three miles apart. Uh, yeah, certainly. And you're both uh, you're bi you're both based in Arizona. Is that correct? That's right. Where it's 101 degrees today. Uh, yeah. Well, I've been to uh, first time I visited the states. I ended up in Tucson, Arizona. And, ah, very nice place. Uh, and it was 112 when I was there. And I, and one of the one of the great things I loved in Tucson, I went to see the Desert Zoo. And, oh yes. Yeah, and you have to go at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning before the animals go to sleep. With, yes. And uh, yeah, and I've been to Flagstaff and I've I've been to Sedona, but not yet. Are you guys in Phoenix? Is that where you're based? Yes, uh, mm -hmm. just north of the uh, mm -hmm. Phoenix city limits. Right. Yeah. So I've just finished reading the Sellers Challenge. And you uncover 10 challenges which kill almost every sales deal. Now, I don't plan to delve into all 10 challenges because you, the listener, will need to buy the book if you want to discover all 10 and in depth. So, But I tell you, when you buy this book, you won't be disappointed because um, I have sales books going back to a guy called Frank Betcher, who wrote a book in 19, gosh, 30, How I Raised Myself From. And then I bought Tom Hopkins in the 70s and Brian Tracy in the 80s. So you guys have uh, have done a lot of research in the book. So interestingly, I can ask you, did you deliberately place uh, the first chapter where you express the importance of discovering and uncovering the influencers and decision makers. Was that, that a major decision to do that? Yeah, I think it was, Collie. When Tom and I sat down and kind of compared notes about, you know, what was the number one reason why, you know, sellers typically lost deals, you know, from our experience in doing, uh, you know, what I want to call must-win deal reviews. One of the things that we, we see commonly is that uh, sellers often fail to identify all the buy all the stakeholders that are involved, you know, uh, in in the deal. And and these stakeholders, as we describe in a book, are both internal the extra the organization as well as external. Uh, there's an awful lot of external you know, stakeholders that have a high degree of influence uh, with internal stakeholders, and oftentimes uh, they're not identified. Um, 
so that was the that was the kind of the genesis behind uh, starting off the book with uh, you know what we thought was one of the major problems uh, in sales. Yeah, and one of the particular things I like is I like your templates and uh, figure one point one is where you talk about the stakeholder mapping questions. Uh, where you outline six questions the salesperson should be asking about the influencers and decision makers. And one of the things I find with working with companies, people uh, are misled that they think they're speaking to decision makers on the th- all the time when they're really only speaking to influencers. Is that what you find when when working with people? Yeah, I think so, uh, Kali. I mean, what we really try to do with those questions is focus the seller, you know, on the information that they need, you know, in order to develop a strategy to win a very complex sale. And another way of putting it is um, it's kind of profiling in a way. And your profile changes over time as your stakeholder acquires information, talks to his or her colleagues, uh, experiences, uh, the data that might be available, testing results, those kind of things. And as that happens, things change. Uh, alliances begin to develop. There's a sense of urgency that might uh, develop. And all of those are things that are uh, measurable optics for the salesperson to have as they're looking at, what am I going to do with this account? What am I going to do next? And why does it matter to these people now? Yeah, exactly. And I've been recently working with uh, with a company that has developed an app. And the guys say, oh, we can't close deals. These people really like it. Uh, they love it. We've been doing demos. And and then I go, and right, okay, who's the economic buyer? Who's the economic decision maker? And they go, scratch their head and say, what do you mean? And I say, who's the guy who signs the checks? That's very often the main guy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think there are other kind of issues that are going on. One real quick one that I'll give you an example of is that we had a large meeting on a major account one time, and we had all of the selling team members in, and, and we were looking at the various people that are on the buying side, and they couldn't identify one individual. And I said, well, what's the, what's the catch? And they said, well, he's new and, and just came on board within the last six weeks, uh, and we hear that he really doesn't like us, so we've been staying away from him. Well, when we did our research, we found that he not only loved us, but he had been the advocate for us at the company that he came from. And so sometimes your misinformation not only leads you astray and and you miss opportunities uh, to sell, but you've lost an opportunity to have a champion who would be advocating your position. Exactly, yes, where you are, where you have a coach or, as, as I call it, the, you, the knight who fights your battles because the, the sale is going on when you're not there and that's, that's a major deal breaker that you've got to be able to solve. Absolutely. Yeah. 
The other thing is I've worked with a few medical supply companies, medical equipment companies, and the cry I hear from them is, oh, it's all down to procurement and procurement's only interested in price. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, that I talk is, and what they try to do is they try to get round procurement and obviously then what they end up doing is upsetting procurement. And, you know, one of the things, the difference is in that, as you appreciate here in the UK, we have the National Health Service, which is uh, our public hospitals, all underfunded. Um, but now there's more, more private hospitals springing up uh, and the National Health Service is now outsourcing to them. But all these, most of the sales guys I find get stuck in procurement and don't know how to get out of procurement or how to deal with procurement. How would you, how would you, what advice would you give these guys? Well, you know, it's funny, Collie, we get asked that question quite a bit. You know, um, I think naturally uh, most salespeople view procurement, you know, as the enemy. And what we try to explain in the book is that they really need to go and uh, look at procurement as a frenemy, as someone that they, they need to be friend, they need to understand what the, what the goals and objectives are of procurement beyond just price. Because there's no question that they want to get a, they want to get a low price. But they also have internal stakeholders. And I think one of the things that um, we try to remind sellers of is that it's procurement's job, you know, to to drive down the price of the product. Because every 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 dollar or euro or uh, drops straight through to the bottom line for the organization. Yes. Um, second, secondly, we we often remind uh, you know sellers that procurement has stakeholders within their own organization that they must satisfy, uh, and so these people are you know are are important, and many of them are uh, are clinical clinical, and so it's important to go and uh, if you're dealing with a medical company, to develop clinical champions uh, that can talk about the value that your product provides you know, for the price that you're charging. Um, and, that, and that leads us on to, you know, when you said which chapter three, which I really uh, found enjoyable and I thought perhaps it was one of the most powerful chapters in the book um, because I'm a great advocate of uh, Mike Schultz and John Dare, co-authored uh, Inside Selling. Um, and you know, tell me... Um, Tell me some of your thoughts and feelings on inside selling. Um, Collie, I'd like to start a, a brief little discussion on that at a different place. Yeah. And that is, I'd like to start with what we're finding out and what we know about executives and buyers and what they're expecting from sellers and what they're getting. And as many of us may know, especially if you've been working with uh, buyers and with sellers, what you've found is, is that they're not getting what they want. They're not getting the kind of conversations. They're not getting the aptitude that they want, that what they're, when they're asked, what do you expect and what do you want? Uh, we want someone who is, uh, connects with us as an equal who's aware of the, the market and the headwinds and the trends and competitive changes, we want to be able to discuss the pain points 
that we have with someone who's aware of what others are going through. And unfortunately, what they say they get are people who are very knowledgeable about their own products. So we know that. We know what the products are. So when we think about insight selling, that's the backdrop against which it has been formulated. And I think most people who haven't tried to be trained or develop a method around insight selling, you've experienced it anyway. Because there have been times when you've come up with something and what you find in and inside-driven selling are three things. That, that it's all about educating somebody. It's all about collaborating with them. Not, not lecturing to them, but collaborating with them. And, and the third is ultimately persuading or offering a position that they could take that they currently haven't adopted. Uh, you're looking at people that can change a perspective by offering insight. So that's what you're doing, and that's a little bit of a different translation of your responsibilities as a seller. So I, I think when we're looking at insight-driven selling, we're looking at individuals who can prepare themselves and also develop a way of connecting with their audience. Um, uh, we write in the book about the etiquette of insight selling. And the, the etiquette is really one of, of kind of engagement that, that we ask questions. We, we might share something and then say, um, is that surprising to you? Because what the idea is is to get a reaction to get the help the individual process the information that you are sharing with them. And as the, you do that, what happens is they become more open to a different position than they have been before. And then at that point in time, persuasion is an opportunity. Yeah, and it comes back to, uh, as you said, the collaboration is so, so important. Um, uh, and I, I work with a lot of startups and with small uh, SMEs and a lot of them aren't having a background in sales. And my introduction to most of them is that selling is only a conversation with a purpose. And, you know, and it's to build the relationship. Interestingly enough, I got a cold call today uh, and it happened to come from a company that I knew and uh, and obviously the young guy had absolutely no training how to open the call. He opened the call by asking, could he speak to the managing director? Now, he would have found me on LinkedIn. He would have found me on my own website. But I had a conversation with him, and it turned out I'm linked to his boss on um, on LinkedIn. So I've set up a, a coffee meeting with his boss tomorrow, and... Uh, he thinks I'm going to, for him to sell to me, but I'm going to go to collaborate with him on how he can improve his, the young guy who's obviously never been trained because I could even tell the nervousness in his voice uh, as I spoke to him. And so, so much, it's, um, 
one of the things what I like about the book is that selling isn't the easiest game in town. But with with people who want to pick up your book and realise what the challenges are. Because, you know, one of the things I find with salespeople, when the sale falls through, they, uh, they don't seem to realise that uh, where it's falling through. If it's missing information, if it's not talking to the right influencer, if it's not collaborating with them, as you say. So let's move on to chapter 10 in the book. And that one where I'm sure you've heard so many times, we could sell more if only our price was lower. How many times have you heard that? Tom, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, yeah, we, we do certainly do hear that. Um, it's a fallacious argument mm. because the reality is that when, you know, if you lowered your price, you would have to sell more of your product. You don't have the time to do that, so it's not a possibility. But what is a possibility is to find out what your customer needs. And so the question shouldn't be on your shoulders as a seller, what can you discount this to? It should be on their shoulders. What do you need and why do you need it? Exactly. And yeah. what's appropriate to pay for it given what it can do for you? Yeah. And so Colley, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Colley, the, other, the other point I'd make is that um, you know if if the seller can't can't defend his price and sell on value, then we don't really need a sales rep. What we need is a call center. Yeah, because all they got to do is just uh, or even just send out a catalog and let them exactly or, or an e-commerce site because uh, I see them falling into that and. It's because sometimes I feel that there's the inability to portray value. and that's So, Tom, moving on, one of the things that I, I liked in the book is that you use the term concerns as opposed to objections. Uh, and, and I've never been happy with the term um, handling objections. I do like the way that you address concerns. Well, thank you, Kyle. You know, it's it's interesting. Tom and I have been on the same wavelength on uh, on that topic, you know, for several years. You know, it's it's our belief that customers don't have objections; uh, they have concerns, and um, sellers have to handle concerns, and that's they're not supposed to overcome them. If you look, you know, somebody in a struggle or conflict, and that's not what we're trying to do in a, in a sales environment. We're trying to create collaboration and build, you know, trust and credibility. So we, we like to stay away from the word objections and uh, use the word concern instead. We think it's a much more appropriate, you know, uh, use of the term uh, and the situation that, that buyers experience. Yeah, I, so that's, and that's one of the things is, you know, that everybody cries, how can we handle objections? And one of the things that I like, which is in spin selling, is teaches people, you know, is preempt the objections before you come up, or preempt the concerns, as we should really call them. So, thank you very much for joining us today. And before we finish our discussion, um, I'd like to thank you both because I believe I'm the first person that has that's available with the book, and that's the copy of the uh, Sellers Challenge companion workbook and would you believe I have it printed out and gonna 
do that. So there you go, there you go, Connie. Yeah, you're and you're that, the very first person in the world to have that. Yeah, all forty-four pages, and you know it's it is a tremendous support book. Eleven recommended reading library. So you must be like myself, you prolific readers. and becoming better at it than, than simply going out and hitting and missing. Exactly, yeah. And that's, well, you know, that that's when when I first, if I, I told you I had my first sales job. Well, I was the first, I started actually as a root salesman for Pepsi-Cola. So I don't think you can start much nearer the bottom than that. Yourself to sell. And uh, because I did not have one clue about how to turn up and sell. But, the book is available. It's available on, on Amazon, Amazon.com. It's available on Amazon.co.uk. And just to remind you that the book is called The Seller's Challenge. That you got in your hand. So before we close, Tom Williams and Tom Sain, would you like to make any final comments that, about the book or what you have found yourself? They're reading very good. I see a couple of my friends in there, like Patrick Tinney and people like that. Uh, very complimentary about the book. Yeah, thank you, Kali. I think just in closing and learn best practices for handling 10 different sales challenges. Thank you to Tom Williams and Tom Sain for great insights into your book, The Seller's Challenge. The Seller's Challenge is available on Amazon.co.uk, uh, available on Kindle, and also available on Amazon.com and I'm sure is available on other booksellers as well. So thank you for listening to our podcast. This is Collie Graham from Sales Excellence.